You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So these are some principles of Hilchus Loshon Hora from the Sefer Chobetz Chaim. Chobetz Chaim writes that if you are a Dayan or you happen to be in Bezdin, and two Adim Ksherim come into Bezdin, and part of their testimony definitely implies something negative. They testify how Shimon refused to pay Ruvain, and Shimon took the money and, and, and said to in front of them he wasn't going to pay. So, the, and, and you hear what these Adim are saying about Shimon, you can believe them. Now, some people, however, hold that there is, that doesn't mean that what something in Bezdin is not connected to Lashon Hara. You have to remember, Bezdin was open in the time of Chazal and in the time of the Middle Ages. People were allowed to go and sit and hear cases. You could listen. The Batedinim were open. It wasn't behind closed doors. So therefore, some say, you think it's mutter to go listen to the Lashon Hara and believe what you're hearing in front of the Bezdin? If <laughs> you can't go uh, to go listen to it, the point is that if you happen to be there, you can believe it. And, and the reason is, is because Adis is something you believe. In other words, you can't decide, hey, I want to go to the Besden today and hear some juicy material. But if you happen to be there, unlike normal Lashon Hara, that you have to say, there's no way this is true. When you're hearing things in the, uh, in the, in the Besden, then the Adim are telling the truth. The Dayanim are going to use that Adis to get money from Shimo. Normally, when you hear Lashon Hara, you have to say, I don't believe it. Now here, the Dayanim have a right to hear it. So it's not Lashon Hara, it's Litoelis, because this is the only way the money is going to get from Shimon to Ruve. But the people that are in the peanut gallery, the people that are listening, probably shouldn't be there, based on the fact that they might hear Lashon Hara. There's no, they, they had no reason to be there, but halachically, Unlike normal Lashon Hara, where they have to say, whatever I heard, it's probably not true. Here, the, they can assume that it's true, despite the fact that they might have been over an Isser of hearing Lashon Hara. But they can believe what they're hearing. Now, um, if you if, again, sometimes we'll, we, the Dayanim will say, we want you to be here uh, in order to hear what that person was saying. So you have a head there because I'll pee the psak of, of the Rav, you had a right to be here. Um, now, we know that Edus can is believed. But in order for something to become Edus, it has to go through a process. So let's say the two Adam that, that want to tell us that Shimon is a bum and doesn't want to pay. Well, before they come and tell us anything, they are going to be subject to a little bit of vetting. 
let's say it's especially if we're talking about a case where they're here to say Edus, let's say in the time of Chazal, that Shimon ate Chazer, and the Edus is going to be that they should give him Makos. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to ask the Edom questions beforehand, and we're going to see if they are properly acceptable. That's Adrish and Achakira. We're going to try to vet them and see if they know what they're talking about. What day was it? What time was it? Now, if you then, they haven't yet started to testify. Their testimony hasn't been accepted yet. So then, somebody who's hearing it <laughs> is just hearing Lashon Hara. That person is just hearing, because it hasn't even become Edus yet. It's, it's in the preliminary state before it's accepted as testimony. So that definitely, you wouldn't be able to, you shouldn't be listening anyway. And you definitely shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't believe it because it might not even become Edus. Um, one of the things that, that this uh, becomes relevant to is something that, that happens in our Besden, the Besden of America and other places, where we have interns that come to take notes and to see how Dine Torah are happening. So you, you have, uh, or, and how else are they going to learn? And so here are the interns, and also they, don't, they don't know these people, at least we don't think they know them, but here they are now discovering juicy facts about the other. So, Rav Yitzhak Zilberstein, we'll talk about him a little bit more later, says that the Baledin usually see these interns, uh, these trainees, and they don't ask them to leave. So, even though Lashon has obviously been on Lomokom as well, but they know <laughs> the 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 toveya the nitva see these people here. So bevadai their mocha, that's what Rav Zilberstein says. <laughs> now I can tell you that um, <laughs> I have been in this situation where the sides have asked for people to leave the room. They weren't comfortable with with, oh. with other with other people sitting there. Um, and I, I, let me put it a little bit even stronger. <laughs> it could be they really don't want the, the intern to be listening. Oh, but, you know, just one second, they don't want the intern to be listening, but they, they're embarrassed to say something. So th- I think there is a point here about it isn't so clear that the two parties are mochel the observer. What did you want to ask, Doctor Kogan? I I was thinking about something. Maybe you can uh, <laughs> think. To, we can think together. You know, uh, Chazal usually give um, an outlet to certain feelings. For example, you know, the famous things is somebody has a thing for murder, right? Let him be a shochet or a barber or something like that. So if somebody has other uh, tables, let him do something. In Loshan, are there any? Uh, advice? Is there any advice? Because it's such a juicy thing. People live off of that. You know, it, it gives them excitement to come home. If you're not enjo- uh, engaged in that, what do you do? Maybe you write fiction? I don't know. Yeah, writing fiction. Uh, writing, writing fiction is a good idea. I don't uh, know. 
You want to know how you could channel the taiva for Lush? Yes, not just prohibit, because it becomes very, it's the stuff that people live on practically. Yeah, again, there are some theories that, you know, you can read it in uh, Harari's book and other places, Sapiens and other places about the purpose of gossip. The gossip protected the community, that by gossiping, this made sure everybody was on the same page because you didn't want to be ostracized. Uh, So there are many people that feel it's really part of the human condition to want to say something negative about somebody else. That's uh, I know what I'm saying. So I have heard, you know, anthropologists and people theorize about it. Uh, Clearly, learning these halochas, I think, helps us realize that there are some things you can do. I think one of the things that we've seen uh, is is that you can help someone else by being his sounding board. We talked about that the other day. Mm-hmm. And by being his sounding board, I know he's not going to go tell anybody else. So uh-huh. if you, so that doesn't mean that, that, but that's a situation where you know that if you don't listen to him, he's going to tell other people that will not only listen, but will believe it and will <laughs> cause the, will cause that person's reputation to be completely uh, besmirched right 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 so that's a case where you can uh, you allow the Lushan Hara to be said but if you have a desire uh to say Lushan Hara um you know I-, I can only tell you that uh you perhaps should you know learning these things and and, and realizing how how uh, how news spreads and how mm-hmm. the loose lips sink ships. Right. I, I think what you need to do is sort of like talk to yourself. It's sort of the same way you talk to yourself about that extra piece of chocolate, what it's going to do to you, what's going to do to your hips. Got it. You know, I, I think you need to sort of like use your mental acuity. Now, you're right. I like what you say about writing fiction. I think that's not such a bad idea. Um, keeping it to yourself. Um, you know, thinking about ways that, uh, you know, thinking about ways, inventive ways to don the person look up spruce, um, you know, I, I, or thinking about ways to help that person. Right. Now that you know that, now that you know this juicy information, maybe you can think about ways that, um, that if it's something about a character flaw, about ways that, that you can perhaps change them. Now you're right. It doesn't at all satisfy the need that we talked about of, of, right. of letting the other guy know about it and feeling good about it, and which is really what it's about, Dr. Kogan. Of you course. feel good that you're better than that other person. Of course, or you feel of course. good that you're able to spin a certain um, description in a very pithy, interesting way. And you can do it by uh, the other person's going to, the third person who's going to accept what you're saying because you're so witty the way you're saying it. Right. Um, another Sfar of Silberstein says, about um, allowing the interns in is because, well, what are we supposed to do? Um, we have to teach the generations to come how to be a dying. And unless we do that, uh, even though there's going to be ancillarily uh, some Lashon Hara that's being heard, they're not going to know how to do it unless they see it modeled in the actual reality. You can't uh, play act that. The, the best way to do Dionys is to be to, to view other Dionym. Now, what about the, um, in, in some Batedinim, of course, in the RCA, we don't have this. We, we put everything on a recording device. 
and uh, so all the Dine Torah, everything that's said, is recorded. So what about the recordings? Uh, the, or not the recordings. If, if they used to have, of course, Safra the Dine, they would actually have court reporters that would write down notes and write down what each person said. Um, so again, Rav Karelit says that when during the time before there were recordings, you needed to have that because um, although I have to tell you, when I sit in a dintora, uh, they expect us to be writing. I usually keep, I take a laptop with me. Um, some might say that uh, you should be listening intently. It depends. Sometimes by writing, you are listening in a better way. Sometimes uh, you have to know yourself. If you're busy taking notes, you're not reading between the lines and really absorbing. So you need to have someone there taking the notes for you. Well, right? So there, Abnissan Karevit said that's why it would be mutter for that person to be there. Because otherwise, once again, the Din Torah won't come to a successful conclusion because you won't have an accurate write up of what each side said. Um, now, when they give testimony, even though they know they're saying Loshon Hara, so they should realize they're doing it with Shem Shemayim, and they should try to extract any sort of negative, you know, good feelings they have about saying it. They should be saddened that they have to say it, but again, they're doing it for the sake of the betterment of of the community. The question is, can you say Lashon Hara about yourself? Um, the Chavetz Chaim writes in the um, Sivav that if you're speaking Lashon Hara about yourself, but includes someone else, uh, and, 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 you're, and I'm telling it to you. And in the story, I include something I did together with someone else. When you are listening to me, just like a person who gives edus, you could believe what that person was saying. You can believe me. Because I'm saying it about myself. But you can't believe what I'm saying about someone else. Well, that's what the Chofetz Chaim writes in his famous book. However, there is a great, there is a story about the Chofetz Chaim, which everybody says over. That um, once that he was on his way to Radin, and Radin, of course, was really off the beaten track. And uh, I guess they were in some sort of wagon uh, that they was making their way towards Radin. And there was someone sitting in the same uh, carriage with the Chavetz Chaim that was speaking about how great Yisrael Mayor Kagan was. And the Chavetz, and Yisrael Mayor Kagan said, no, he's not so great. Yeah, he's not such a great tzaddik. And, you know, don't think that, don't think that he is the, uh, he's one of the greatest minds of the generation. The other person got so upset. He says, this is the man that's done so much for the Jewish people. He's considered a great tzaddik. He says, I, I can't believe you're speaking about him that way. Um, according to one version of the story, he actually started pushing the person around. <laughs> the Chavetz Chaim around. Because he says, I can't believe you talk about that like someone. 
Well, then they came to Radin, um, and he he saw from the people around him, the traveler, from the way they were respecting the other person in the carriage with him, that that was the Chavetz Chaim himself. So he came to the Chavetz Chaim and to ask Mechila. So the Chavetz Chaim said, no reason to ask Mechila. From the way you reacted, and from the fact that you screamed and pushed me, I now know the halacha, which is you can't say, you're not supposed to say Lashon Hori about yourself. Um, now, the problem with this story is, number one, well, you could say he 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 was able to reverse, or not reverse, in the book itself, the famous Chafetz Chaim Sefer, he didn't write that. But his in his life, he learned that lesson. And based on that story, we now know you're not supposed to go and tell negative things about yourself. However, the Chavetz Chaim has, there's a source that's brought, it's a Yalkut Shemoni, that said that Yeshayahu said to the Rabboni Shalom, Ish tamis fasayim anochi, ubetoch am tamis fasayim anochi yoshev. So he said, I've, my lips are tame, and I'm, and I, and I am among a Tomei people. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Medrash says, said, Yeshaya, you had no right to say negative things about the Jewish people. About yourself, it's one thing. So that Medrash seems to be a source against the story. That Medrash says a person can say negative things about himself. So this is a, a question that one of the great uh Rabbonim from the just died last year, Nebuch from Nisan Karelitz, uh, discusses. And he says that this that you're allowed to say Lashon Hara about yourself, that's only when the person listening knows you're talking about yourself. But let's say the person listening doesn't know that you're talking about yourself. That's when it's also. So therefore, that's the story with the Chafetz Chaim. Now, it's true, in that story, the Chafetz Chaim technically might not have been over Lashon Hara. Why? Because he knew it was true. He didn't mind it being said. He doesn't care about his reputation being besmirched. So, but the Chafetz Chaim didn't tell the guy in the truck, in the, in, the, in the caravan with him, in the carriage with him, that he was talking about himself. And therefore, he was trying to say Lashon Hara as far as the other guy was concerned. The other guy was hearing negative stuff about someone. And he didn't know that, 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 the, Chofetz, that the guy that was talking to him, the man that was talking to him, was talking about himself. So therefore, that would be usser. Now, in the case of the carriage, the man refused to believe it. But that doesn't always happen. So if you're talking about yourself, and the people don't know that it's you, you might convince them something negatively, and now they start believing something negative about you, and they don't know, even though they don't know it was you that was talking. If they knew it was you that was talking, they had a right to believe it, just like we talked about testimony. But since they don't know it's you, 
even though you're not over Lashon Hara, but you cause the other person to be over Lashon Hara. And that's what the Chavetz Chaim meant by the story that he now learned that it's also to say Lashon Hara about yourself. Um, Rav Chaim Kanievsky, uh, the cousin of Rav Nisan Karelitz, first cousin, also uh, was asked about that story. And he said the reason why it would be usher to do that. It doesn't have to be so technically complicated the way Rav Nissen Karelitz explained it. It could be because when, you're right, there was no Lashonara said, perhaps, because the person's talking about himself. But when you hear people doing it, it makes you think, eh, everybody does it. So whenever someone is saying it, even though that person has a right to, you don't know it's him, though. And therefore, you say, yeah, I see that. I was saying, well, I didn't believe it, maybe, but you know what? Maybe you could say it. So that's why it's also to say, because people will learn from there that that type of speech is all right. Um, Rav Moshe Feinstein, uh, it's been said over from his family that you should not say about yourself. Because even though you think that you're doing something positive, um, it isn't a good thing to do. And um, again, it's one thing if you go to a Rav to ask how to do to, to do tshuva. It's another thing if you just want to sort of like get attention to yourself. That would probably be usher to do. So this is a uh, Shaila Lamaisa that um, was asked to Rabbi Yitzchak Zilberstein, Chaim Kanievsky's um, Mechutin. No, in other words, they both, they married sisters. They both married uh, daughters of Rebel Yoshev. person had to go through an operation. It seems like that it's more of a, of a problem than people know. Uh, the idea of the lack of respect that people have in the uh, operating room. So in other words, they sort of like, you know, as the person is sitting there totally um, in, in anesthesia, who knows what sort of things they might do, make fun of the person's body, make fun of the person and things like that. Um, the, the, um, other nurses there and, and other attendees thought what that person did was terrible and reported that behavior to the administration of the hospital. And the question was the following. Should one of the doctors who was also disgusted by the behavior wanted to know if they should tell the person who had been operated on that he had been abused, so to speak, he'd been physically made fun of, or they had done something with his body or touched it incorrectly, or um, should you tell that person? Because then not only would the person be reprimanded, but he'd be able to demand, um, he'd be able to sue whether it's the hospital or he can maybe sue that, that I guess he would be able to only sue the hospital in that case. In 
that was the question. In other words, you could sue the hospital for the type of ugly behavior they, they perpetrated on him while he was under anesthesia. So Rav Zilberstein quotes again the Chafetz Chaim that says, and this is of course the Chafetz Chaim's opinion, that even if someone doesn't know you spoke Lashon Hara about him, you need to tell him in order to get Mechila. Why? Because Lashon Hara did something to him. He doesn't know that people think about him differently. He doesn't know that people don't hold him in such respect. But you know, because by you telling those negative things, his his reputation went down. So the, you see the Chavetz Chaim is of the opinion that you that you are, even though that guy was totally unaware of what you're doing, you have to ask Mechila. Now, it's been Rabbi Stroll, he, the Chavetz Chaim wanted Rabbi Stroll Salanter to give a Haskama on the Sefer. Rabbi Stroll Salanter refused because he said, I can't agree with this halacha. It's better not to tell the person that you said Lashon Hara about him. Because if he hears that, even though you're asking Mechila, he feels completely, uh, he's a, he's a, it's abashed. You said Lashon Hara about me? I thought you were my friend. The Chavetz Chaim wrote back to Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. He said, but I proved it from the Rabbeinu Yonah, from one of the Rishonim. Well, I heard in the name of Rav Aaron Kotler that even though Rabbeinu Yonah was a Rishon, Rav Yisrael Salanter, in, in terms of Musr, had the status of a Rishon as well. And therefore, you don't need to tell people who thought you were their friend that you said Lashon Hara about them. Now, that Machlokas, Rav Yisrael Salanter and the Chafetz Chaim, is about the person who said the Lashon Hara. And the question is, will we get a kapara or not? Rabbi Yisrael Salanter felt you can't get kapara by stepping on the other person's shoes. You can't say, I need to get kapara, so I need to tell you that I did an Avera. But the whole shaila was, the Chavetz Chaim said, no, you should tell him, so he should be mochel you. But, do other, but that's only because it's your Avera. But other people, don't have to tell him that, that, that he, Lashon Hara, was said about him. Because first of all, that's Rechilus. And secondly, they are insulting him and making him feel terrible. The only Mashaila was, does the Mesaper have to tell? But other people don't have to tell the victim that somebody said negative things about him. So if the person who had who had who had who had had the operation and was completely under anesthesia and didn't know anything about what they had done, and he probably will not know about it in the future. He's not intersecting with any of those people that were in the uh, in the operating room. It's probably better not to tell him. And Rav Zilberstein said another reason: if he finds out. That in the operating room, this is what people do, that what they do is they, they have a good time and that they are want to, to make fun of people's bodies and, 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 and take liberties with them. He, he might not agree to go in to have another operation again. 
Now, Rav Zuberstein points out that the Gemara does say in Baba Kama that if you embarrass a sleeping person, you're chayev. But if you look in the Taisus Yontif, Taisus Yontif says that the reason is, is because when he wakes up, he'll realize he's been embarrassed. So even though at the time it occurred, he was asleep, and now once he wakes up, the act has already occurred, That's you might have said it's already too far in the past. It's only a grama. So that's where you have the Gemara that you have to pay boshas for embarrassing a sleeping person. But if the man waking up from anesthesia doesn't realize that he had been made fun of while he was under anesthesia, so that seems to be what the Gemara was saying. To a similar case. How about if the person doesn't wake up? In other words, you were Mavayashim when he was asleep, and then he dies in his sleep. Do, do you owe the family? So that seems to be like that case where he's never going to know. Um, the Rashash on that Gemara says, very similar to our case, let's say a person was sleeping and not in an operating room. And someone came by and decided to uncover his body and say, ha ah, ha, look at him, look at this naked guy. And then he covered him up. The bush is gone. So there, there you could say, is that what's the case there? It could be that's like a mace. Or you could say no. Because a mace has no feeling. Whereas here, he will figure out that they uncovered his body. But if, again, in the operating room, it's, it seems that the person will not know about it. And we realize that we're not talking about some practical joker. We're talking about a team of professionals. You don't expect word to get out about what has happened. Especially since if it does, the whole name of the hospital can become negative. They have a reason not to talk about the HIPAA rules and others about what happens there. So, um, Clearly, Rav Zilberstein feels that this joker needs to be punished, um, maybe even fired, but the person himself is probably better off not knowing the stuff that was done to him. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 